The Fake Show Podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-Shirt Designs, Mr. Antenna, now your host, Jim Tofty. Welcome, everyone. I think just about everyone knows who Tom Arnold is. He was a stand-up comedian before he became a TV writer, then married Roseanne Barr. He also uh, did a great job in the Arnold Schwarzenegger film, True Lies. Tom had some ups and downs and a few marriages along the way. I guess what we didn't know about Tom and his family was that his sister Lori was the head of a huge drug empire in their hometown of Ottumwa, Iowa. That story is part of a docu-series now running on Discovery Plus called The Queen of Meth. You know, I've known Tom for a long time and there's so much to talk about. Tom joins me now from his home in Los Angeles. Tom, how are you, buddy? I don't know if you rem- if you remember, but you joined our KKLZ morning show in the late 90s. We were doing the show from the Hard Rock Hotel, and you were on the same show as Bo Diddley. It was just a great morning. Oh, yes. I do remember. I do yeah, remember. I, I recently read, I, and I didn't know this, but it must have been not too much... Uh, after this time or right before it that I read that Chris Farley was the best man at your wedding and it was quite a bachelor party at Scores. Oh, yes. Well, uh, I got married that wedding. <laughs> I got married in Dearborn, Michigan. But <laughs> we had the bachelor party. We had a bachelor party in New York after uh, uh, an episode of Saturday Night Live. And, and he, uh, yes, he was my best man. And uh, we were we were all sitting around the table and, and Scores very kind of a I don't know if you call it a high class uh, uh, a gentleman's club or whatever. It was very popular right. at the time, and, uh, and people were dancing. And then Farley had disappeared, and you know it, it was always bad news when Farley disappears. But <laughs> and all of a sudden he he came on stage completely naked, yes, to the music and dance, and and they were, you know, it was it was funny. It's something he would do, crazy, but. The club was having none of it, <laughs> and so they got uh, you know they they threw down, they kicked all of us out, you know, uh, because uh, Chris was as as famous as he was, he was not the entertainment that people, <laughs> and so we all we we all got kicked out. But you know, anytime you have a great story from your bachelor party, uh, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> that is, he's the funniest guy that that uh, that I've ever met, and. Uh, yeah, that was a good time. Yeah. Well, Tom, uh, this three-part docu-series, Queen of Meth, is now streaming on Discovery+. Plus. And for those who don't know, it's about your sister, Lori, who ran this meth empire in Ottumwa, Iowa. And really, I mean, you kids, you and Lori and your other sibling, you had a rough beginning, and it was especially rough for your sister, Lori, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was rougher for her. We... You know, our mother left when I was four. My sister's three. My brother's one. And our dad raised us, and he did a, a, a good job. You know, uh, but but she would show up in our lives. She was a you know lunatic. I mean, a very an alcoholic addict, and she'd show up at Christmas or something and be all messed up. I knew that she was not a mother. Like there, I was not under any illusion that that this woman was that mother that you look for when you're a kid. Yeah. Um, but but my sister, because my dad never said what just happened here, what your mother just did here was not okay. So my sister idolized her. But when I was 15, 
my dad had married the next door neighbor and, and we didn't get along. So uh, I also didn't want to have any rules. I wanted to have grow my hair and I wanted to drink. So I moved in with my mother and I just knew. And, and at the time it, she was with her sixth of seven husbands. Uh-huh. I just thought, well, I'm going to do what I want to do. And then my sister followed my sister up to then. It was a great student, a great athlete, and just a really uh, uh, nice life. And immediately because my mother was her idol and my mother considered her her best friend. You know, they, they, but she gave my sister drugs. They started going out partying. And then she, my, she found out my sister was dating this 23 year old rapist pedophile guy. And she made my sister marry him. She drove them to Missouri when my sister's 14 and made her marry this scumbag. And her life was over there because. You know, you know, the, the guy was violent, too, and, and I ended up going over and taking her out of his place. But, you know, once once that happened, you know, she went from being a kid and going to the eighth grade to a married woman. Um, and so it, it was it was kind of off the rails. And so she had to go out in the world and get a job at, at 15, 16 years old. And then she met uh, the captain of the Grim Reaper motorcycle gang. And she ended up marrying him. But. He's older, and and uh, but and they were they were pretty proficient at moving drugs and guns, and so she said, "Why don't we make this a big thing? Let's see how big of a business we can make this." And no, there aren't any other women running, you know, these uh, businesses. And she, you know, she dealt with the Mexican cartel. She eventually built an underground big lab at her farm in Ottawa. And at some point, I moved to Los Angeles. You know, I will say this. You know, if you're if you are d- drinking, doing drugs, having a sister that's a big drug dealer is not the worst thing in the world because you can <laughs> everything. And, and my friends and I, you know, but then at another point, I said I have to move out of here uh, because my dream, and you can call it. I always had this voice in my head, and you, I call it God. It said, if you get out of here, you, there's something else for you out there. And you know, I've been arrested more than. Then my sister for fighting and doing, uh, uh, you know, with the police and doing things. But I had this voice, and you call it a dream or whatever. Uh, and I eventually got out of there, and and then I moved to Los Angeles to write the Roseanne Show in 1988. And in '89, I got sober, and, and I realized I'm not going to be able to see anybody in the drug world for at least a year to even see them because I don't trust myself. I want to be sober. I want to live. And so I couldn't even see my sister for a year. But so when I when I saw her, when I went back there in nineteen uh, 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 ninety, her empire had grown exponentially. And so I knew she was going to be uh, uh, imprisoned or or uh, or dead. Those are the only two things that could have happened to her. And uh, you know, I, I she did get listen to me. Uh, who would? Uh, but you know, they ended up being a, a big giant uh, drug bus that took my sister, her husband, and, and 60 other people in our little town that worked for her. Uh, they all went one day. The DEA came in and arrested everybody. And that's a big chunk of our town. We're running up against the clock here. Check out Queen of Meth on Discovery Plus and Tom's podcast, Off Topic, which is really great. Tom, it's always great talking to you, and we'll make sure to uh, check you out the next time you're here in Las Vegas. Always nice talking to you, Tom. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Tom is good now. So is his sister, Lori. She actually, after spending two stints in prison, 
has cleaned up her act. She's got a job. She remarried a guy that Tom says is a really good guy. And is it any surprise, after hearing their story, that they had such struggles growing up? That does it for this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.